Welcome to The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry of St. Mark Baptist Church. Today, as part of our family, you will experience the life-changing and spirit-nurturing Word of God. Please enjoy this time with us, where we're committed to helping you grow in knowledge, grow in faith, and grow in God. St. Mark Baptist Church, you grow here. Tonight's tough question is, how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I'm saved? The three most important questions that any sinful person can ask of a holy and righteous God are these. How can I be saved? How do I know that I'm saved? And can I lose my salvation? I don't want to offend anybody. But all of us fall in that category of being sinners or unrighteous. Isn't that what David reminded us when David said, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity? The Apostle Paul said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And since all of us have a sin problem, these three critical questions we must ask of an almighty, all holy, and all righteous God. Tonight, we're going to answer questions two and three concerning the assurance of salvation and eternal security. How do I know that I'm saved? This is a very important question. Christians, some ponder this question. Those that have been saved for years really don't know whether or not they are saved. And the first step to understanding or being assured of your salvation is this that you have to understand the nature of salvation. When you understand what salvation is all about, then you can be assured of your salvation. But unfortunately, we really run across or, or we forget the very nature of our salvation. And yet it's essential to us being assured that we are saved or a child of God. Well, what are you talking about, preacher? Well, simply this, that we are saved through faith, that salvation is a grace from God and that God did the work and not us. We oftentimes get this confused thinking that we can work our way to be saved, that we can earn our salvation, but the truth is none of us can live good enough to be saved. We are saved because of God's grace through our faith in Jesus Christ. It is a gift from God. And we cannot get around it. Matter of fact, that is the great news about our salvation, that God gives it to us. So we have to understand what salvation is about. Understand that Jesus Christ, what he did on Calvary's cross, is more than enough to pay our sin debt that we were born sinners and shaped in iniquity, and that we sinned and offended a holy God and we deserve death, and yet Jesus paid our sin debt on Calvary's cross. Jesus died for our sins, and we have to understand that and get that in our minds and in our heart. We have to understand that you cannot earn your salvation. It cannot be 
obtained by human merit or works. You, you can't sing good enough, give enough money. You can't serve enough to, to earn your way into God's heaven because all of us are imperfect creatures. And yet, some way, somehow, we believe that once we are saved, we have to live a way that we deserve God's salvation. And this goes contrary to the scripture. I want to share some scriptures for you that sets the foundation of how gracious God has been to us in giving us the gift of salvation. The first scripture I want us to look at tonight, and I hope you have your Bibles, is Romans 6 and 23. Romans 6 and 23. I'm reading from the English Standard Version of the Bible, and it reads, and it's a very familiar scripture, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you see that? The free gift of God is eternal life. You don't work for a gift. You don't earn a gift. A gift is freely given. And that's what the Apostle Paul is reminding us in Romans 6 and 23 that this free gift of God is eternal life. But hold on, not just the Apostle Paul lays the foundation that salvation is a gift, but also the great Apostle John. Look with me in the Gospel of John. John 10, and we're going to look at verses 27 and 28. John 10, verses 27 and 28. These are the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know that because they're in red in the Bible. This is what Jesus says. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Once again, what does Jesus say? I give them eternal life. They don't earn eternal life. They don't deserve eternal life. I give them eternal life and they shall what? Never perish. That's what Jesus says. But hold on. Let me, let me lay one more brick on this foundation of, of our salvation. It's found in Ephesians chapter 2. Once again, the Apostle Paul, he writes in Ephesians chapter 2, Verses 8 and 9, we're laying this foundation about salvation. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, once again, a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. None of us will ever be able to stand before God and say, look at my life. I deserve to be in your heaven. No, the basis of our salvation, the foundation of our salvation is that it's a free gift from God. And we accept this gift through our faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have to understand the nature of foundation if we're going to have a real assurance of our salvation. But, but, but number two, there must be an accepting of the promises of the Bible. You have to have confidence that the Bible is true. 
that it is the word of God and it does not have any error and that we can trust and believe what the word of God says. Unfortunately, so many people want to depend on life experiences or their feelings or their emotions, but those things cannot be depended on. Life experiences, they vary from person to person. And our emotions and our feelings, they change often throughout the day. So we cannot depend upon those things. We can only depend upon the Word of God. I, I re, I'm reminded of the story of this gentleman. Uh, he was stranded on a deserted island, just him. He had been there for some months and uh, there was a cruise ship going by. And so he made a fire and the crew, it caught the cruise ship's attention. And so they, they came uh, to the island and rescued this man who had been on this deserted island for several months. He was excited and thankful. The, the captain was talking with the man on the, on the deck of the ship. And he said, now you say you're the only person on this island, correct? He said, yes, sir. He said, but I see three huts on the island. That doesn't make sense to me. And so the gentleman who was rescued said, well, the first hut, that's where I live. The captain said, okay, well, well, what about the second hut? He said, well, that's where I go to church. He said, okay, well, that makes sense. But then he said, well, what about the third hut? And the gentleman looked at him and said, that's where I used to go to church. You see, we can't depend on our feelings or our emotions because they change, they're fleeting. And just like this gentleman, he would be wrong to depend on his emotions or his feelings. And just like you and I, we cannot depend on ours either. If we're going to talk about our assurance of salvation, it's based on the Word of God. So what does the Word of God say about us being sure about our salvation? Well, Let's go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. Once again, this is still the great apostle John, but instead of the gospel of John, it's 1 John and chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 10 through 13 in this beautiful book, 1 John. Look at what it says. The apostle John writes, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. Listen to what it says. This life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Look at how simple that is. John says, if you want to know whether or not you're saved, it is simply this. If you have the Son of God, Jesus Christ, then you have eternal life. If you do not have the Son of God, then you do not have eternal life. So if you don't have the Son of God, once again, it doesn't matter how often you attend church, you are not saved. It doesn't matter how much you put in an offering plate, you are not saved. It does not matter your good works, you are not saved. The Apostle John said, it's just this simple, who has the Son has eternal life, and who does not have the Son 
does not have eternal life. Look at what verse 13 says. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, talking about you and I who are believers, who are saved, that you may know that you have eternal life. God wants all of his children to be sure of his and her salvation. You cannot grow spiritually if you're not even sure that you are saved. And God wants us to be sure so that we could be planted and grow in our faith. That's why the Holy Spirit prompted the Apostle John to write these words that we could be sure that we are saved and have eternal life. Well, that answers question two. Can I know that I'm saved? But preacher, how about question number three? Can I lose my salvation? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. And I'm going to cut to the chase. I believe the Bible clearly teaches that you and I, who are born again believers, we cannot lose our salvation. We could not do anything to earn it. We could not live good enough to earn it, which simply means we could never ever live good enough to keep it. Matter of fact, if, my de if salvation depended on me holding it onto my feeble hands, I would have told God, just keep it because I'm going to drop it. It's so good that we have a God that knows our feebleness and our framework, and he takes it out of our hand and he keeps it in his hands. Let me give you some scripture. Here it is. Let's go back to John chapter 10, the Gospel of John chapter 10. The Gospel of John chapter 10, and we're going to read an extra verse that we did not read when we looked at John chapter 10 and verses 27 and 28. Here it is. I'll start once again at verse 27, but this time I'll read through 29. This is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, speaking. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. But listen to verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Jesus is saying, those who are saved, they're in my hand, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. But guess what? The Father is greater than I am, and my hand is in his hand, and guess what? No one will ever be able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. You can rest assured that you are saved once saved, forever saved, because of the infinite power of God the Father. We are in the Father's hand, and we could never, ever be snatched away. But hold on. Not just that. Go to John 3.16. A very familiar verse. We learned it in Sunday school when we were kids. But it has a great nugget in assuring us of our salvation. John 3, 16, one of the most popular verses in the Bible, and it reads, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Once again, that word, he gives it an eternal life. Preacher, what is so great about this text? It tells us the infinite measure of God's love that he sends in this text, his only begotten son, who is who we know as Jesus, the second person in the Trinity, to die on the cross for our sins. And that is what gives us eternal life. We're forever saved because of God's infinite power and because of God's the Father, infinite love. But hold on, I'm not finished. You can rest assured that you are eternally saved and secure because of Jesus' death on the cross, what the work that he did here on earth. First John, we're going back to First John. First John 2 and 2. First John 2 and 2. Actually, let's start at verse number 1. The aged apostle says this, my little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the perpetuation for our sins and not just for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. This this term, perpetuation, it's a theological term. It, it simply means to appease an angry God. That, that's really what the word means. Uh, uh, the Apostle John is telling us that Christ's death on Calvary's cross, it paid for God's wrath. It eased God's wrath because we were sinners and we deserved death and hell. But the price that Jesus paid on Calvary's cross it, it quenched God's wrath so that he could save us. That's the good news. The work that Jesus did on Calvary's cross was more than enough to pay for our sin debt. But hold on. Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. And verses 23 through 25. And this unknown, unnamed writer of this book reminds us of the work that Jesus does now in heaven. Remember, died on a Friday, resurrected on a Sunday morning, but he ascended to glory. And he's our advocate. Look at what the writer is saying. The former priests were many in numbers because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently, talking about Jesus, because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the utmost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The rite of Hebrews reminds us that Jesus is in heaven He's our advocate and our intercessor. Advocate is just a word that means he's our lawyer, our attorney. And let me tell you, he's better than Perry Mason. He's better than Madlock. 
he's better than Johnny Cochran. My grandmama would say it like this, that he never lost a case. And when we mess up here on earth, he pleads our case in heaven to God the Father. That's what he's doing. So how can you lose your salvation when he's washed you in his blood? That's what he did here on earth by dying. But now he's in heaven advocating on your behalf. And then finally, the work of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Look what it says. In him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we were acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. My brothers and sisters, I know it's a whole lot of scriptures that we read and we went through them quickly, quickly but let me assure you that you cannot lose your salvation. You're eternally saved and secure. Remember this, you're eternally saved because of the infinite power of God. Nobody can snatch you out of his hand. You're saved forever because of the uh, infinite love of God. He gave his only begotten son to die for your sins. You're saved because of Jesus' substitutionary death on Calvary's cross. You and I should have died on the cross. We should go to hell, but Jesus died in our place and it pleased the Father. You're saved forever because of the intercessory work that Jesus currently does in heaven on our behalf. And you're eternally saved because the Holy Spirit has saved us until the day of redemption. I can't give you any more guarantees than that. I think the word of God is clear that if God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has put themselves into this thing we call salvation, you ought to rest assured that it's not in your feeble hands. And he had already calculated that you and I would mess up, that we would falter and fall along the way. That's why he didn't put our salvation in our hands, in our good deeds, in our works, in our following rules and regulations. He kept it in his hand and just gave us a free gift that we can accept by faith. I want you tonight to rest assured that you can be sure of your salvation based on 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 through 13, and that you are eternally secure in your salvation based on these scriptures that I just gave you tonight. This has been The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry of St. Mark Baptist Church. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and join our Facebook group, The Growth Factor, for daily motivational content. Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening. Thank you.